Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode, I was a failure when I lost two million bucks. I had two million, and I didn't have two million. Right? That's, and you you can feel bad about yourself, and you were you know humans are great at being victims, right? We're, we can we can feel bad for ourselves and, and convince ourselves of anything. But it took me looking back retrospectively that that $2 million loss, that failure did so much more for me today in the last 20 years than the 2 million bucks would have done. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Hey, I'm so glad you're here because I don't often get the opportunity to share with you exactly what I do and what we do here at On Air Brands. So we help the folks in our community and our clients to launch a podcast and then produce them on a weekly basis. We also help to promote each episode with close to a dozen social media posts that consist of quote cards, sound bites, and video clips. And then we post them for you on your socials automatically. So if you're a business owner with a ton on your plate and a podcast just seems super overwhelming, I get it. We don't need one more thing to worry about. So let me and my team at On Air Brands do the heavy lifting each week so that you can focus on what you do best, which is to build your business, have more time to pour into your family and your community, or just plain chill and recharge. So feel free to email me at eric at On Air Brands so that we can book time together to chat about how we can align with your mission and how you can align with ours, which is to make the world better one mic at a time. Now back to the show. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most happy and humbled host. As usual, I have an individual here that we are going to learn a ton from. I'm super excited to have him on because he's just going to share his wealth of knowledge and experience for over 20 years in doing what he does, raising capital, um, helping business owners, helping others to grow, expand, and do and uh, you know build their dreams and make them all a reality and help them succeed uh, the best that he can help. So uh, I just want to welcome, before I give you a little more info on him, welcome to the show, Jeremy Delk. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, brother. So let's, uh, for those who don't know, uh, first, I just want to congratulate you on your new book, Without a Plan. So there he's an author, but he's also the managing director of Delk Enterprises. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur with a massive passion for disrupting industries, like I said, for over 20 years, since 2001. But again, brother, welcome to the show, man. I'm happy and eager to get into it. Nah, looking forward to it. Should be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So we'll kick it off with our first question uh, where we can kind of just parachute into your life uh, when there was a major change or pivot with your Eureka moment. Yeah, look, I think um, it's a great question. And I, I, I don't know if I have one. Um, I know I have at least one. I, I think really there's probably two major events that happened to me in my life um, that I think have shaped me, you know, who I am. Um, first piece was just, I think, the trajectory of like how I my mind thinks um, about time uh, and really the scarcity of time. So I lost my father when I was young uh, at seven. So it took me a lot of therapy and a lot of years to f- figure out the kind of what, what did it. I, I was living a certain path, but, you know, it, I think what motivated me and changed me is that, you know, we went from a, a very hyper level of um, stability to a massive level of instability, having a young mom of, you know, two kids now single, like that was a, a really bad, tough transition. And I think that's what really motivates me. A, to be successful, to have some resources. So hopefully my family never goes through something like this. But secondly, that, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. I'm a big action guy. Um, then the piece that really I think has given me the, the muscle to um, persevere and kind of overcome uh, adversity and stuff. And I really try to embrace failure. That's really how I live my life is, um, you know, Towing into my my father's story, I, I left. I had about thirty thousand dollars as an inheritance from him, and I grew up in a small town in Kentucky. And I always had this dr- dream and vision to kind of want to do more, see more, be more. Um, I had that you know big fish small pa- uh, pond kind of feeling. Um, so I wanted to end up in New York. No, I, no idea how to do that, but New York I equated Wall Street. So um, I started day trading at seventeen, um, and I grew that portfolio in two years. Um, from 30,000 to about 2 million bucks, um, which was pretty cool. Um, what was cooler, um, not really, but in four days I blew it up, right? I lost $2 million in four days. And at the time it's the, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me in my life. It was such a failure because I'm a failure, right? It's defining me. I lost all this money and not even like the 2 million bucks was, was basically a billion dollars when you're a 19 year old kid in college, but it was all the money that my dad had left me, right? So it was like almost like a sentimental attachment to money too. That was, so I was just fucked for, um, you know, I was drinking, I was watching, you know, Maria Bartiromo and drinking Jägermeister in the morning, just like, what happened, right? And I, I was so naive. I was, it was trading a bull market. This is uh, now the dot-com bubble in early 2000s when I, when it blew up. But um, thankfully, um, I had no safety net, right? I had bought a condo my freshman summer, right? Who does that? 20 foot ceilings, fireplace, Mac daddy, right? Um, but like, but I still had a, a mortgage um, and I had mm. HOA fees. I had a, a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee. So I had a car payment. So I had bills as a 19 year old that a 30 year old would have. So, um, and my mother, you know, would give me the, the shirt off her back. That's all she could give me, right? She, I had no safety net. So I could feel bad for myself, which I did for about a week. Um, but then I realized that, you know, well, it's not going to fucking be productive and it's not going to pay your bills. So mm-hmm. um, it was that back against the wall, which I've kind of lived that way for the rest of my life, just m- mentally, like failure is not an option. And we can get into that because I think that's a, a whole, you know, whole, whole other topic um, of defining failure. But just like you've got to make it happen and just persevere and kind of push through. So that was, you know, the probably the two moments. So, so I have two Eurekas, I guess, that coincide together very nicely. 
Yeah, yeah. And then and then we have a segment towards the end here where embracing the F word. Um and that was yeah, that was a big lesson learned, I'm sure. Um, you know, that we can dive into or or, or revisit this because um, you know, I would want to sort of uh deconstruct some of the lessons learned, even though it was a while ago. Um, I'm sure you learned a ton to to get to you to where you are today. Um, but one thing I do want to ask, since since this is my jam and this is the the community here um, that that loves this show, um, you, you're speaking our language, brother. It's 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 embracing failure, you know, and failure is not an option. Was um, a thing of the the boomer generation, my father, um, when the astronauts, you know, were getting to the moon. It was like, of course, or or, or we were going through wars. It's like fail is not an option because it means death. <laughs> like, right. You're going to die if you fail. But yeah. in entrepreneurship, it's a different game. It's a different sort of mentality. Let's, let's, let's dive into that. So um, what, when did you start to kind of adopt that and, and embrace the idea of, okay, failure is, is, is me learning a lesson here. It's not me curling up well, in a ball and saying a, I'm a loser. Yeah. It's experience, right? Because I was a failure when I lost 2 million bucks. Like, I had two million and I didn't have two million, right? That's, you know, and, and you, you can feel bad about yourself and you, like, we can be, we're, you know, humans are great at being victims, right? We're, we can, we can feel bad for ourselves and, and convince ourselves of anything. But it took me looking back retrospectively that that two million dollar loss, that failure, um, did so much more for me today in the last 20 years than the two million bucks would have done. Right. Because it taught me humility. It taught me that you, when you think you're the smartest person in the room, fucking you, you, you may have something else coming. Right. You, you never stop learning. Be humble. It, it just taught me so many lessons. But most importantly, that it taught me because I, I was able to pull myself up. And then, you know, it was, it was a tough year and a half, but I ended up on Wall Street. I ended up getting, I was the youngest, um, trader at, at Fidelity History, past the series seven, 63 at, at 19, at 20 years old. Um, wow. I had no idea. I mean, I had no idea how I'd get there, but I, that was the path that took me there, right? And I learned so much and I had so many great experiences. So that's what led me to have the courage um, to go out and do it again because I'd already failed, right? Mm -hmm. and, and every one of your listeners has failed at something, but you're still here. You're still here listening to that podcast. But we 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 have a tendency to forget those failures. She's like, oh, that fucking sucked. Let's not think about that anymore. But that's what gave me the courage to kind of go and do it again. Because fuck, what's the worst thing that can happen? I fail. Cool. What else? Then, then you just keep moving forward. I mean, mm. you mentioned my book. You know, it's yeah. Without a plan, that's how I live my life and personal and you know, and and business. But the subtitle is a memoir of unbound action and failing my way to success. You know, failure should be embraced. Failure is where the learning happens, right? So, you know, I think in society we are taught like by grades and academics, like this, this construct that failure um, as kids is a bad thing. And you need to really change your, your perspective on that and, and really look at that. That's where the learning happens. That's where the opportunity comes. It's like going through and, and fucking SpaceX. Look at, I mean, look at Eli. They had a lot of failures, but that's the, the iteration of how you get to greatness. Yeah. Do this. I love this, Ben. Um, so, and, and, and this is going to work really well <laughs> into, to your business because, um, myself and, and, and the community here included, um, you know, 
small businesses, right? It comprises of, uh, I forget the percentage. It's, it's, it's massive. It's like, ni- I think it's 99.9% of yeah. businesses are small businesses. Um, and, you know, th- now I'm beginning to remember the numbers. It's over three, three million. Um, so that, yeah, 3.3. Anyway, the, the success rate is off the charts, right? Like there's a very, very small percentage of success year one. And then by year Five ninety nine percent. You please correct me. I'm now making things up, but it's around the the success rate of you making it after year five, and then year ten is off the charts. It's like ninety nine percent of businesses fail in year ten. So someone like you comes along, um, can look at someone's business, and the main thing that people struggle with, and I'm speaking from experience here, is you eventually run out of capital. Like if you're going to fund it yourself or you're going to find investors or you're going to get business loans, small business loans, whatever it is, eventually, if you're not crushing it and or there's seasons, right, to business, you know, so mm-hmm. up and downs. How does it, how do, how do you deal with all the, the, the small businesses that are in need of funding? And then like, how do you help them to get over humps? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm a, in all the businesses, right? I mean, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Um, I've had Inc. 500 companies, fastest growing, you know, 21st fastest growing company in 2019, I think. Um, so we've had a lot of successes, but we've had a lot more failures, right? And like, you know, you, we kicked off, you didn't have a bio. I, I listened to people read my bio and that's great, right? You know, I think if you look at bios and CVs now, everyone could be the fucking president of the United States, right? That's all, <laughs> that's all like your, again, like that's your, uh, your avatar, right? That's like, hey, here's my shiny thing. Here's my the business. Highlight like, reel. That's yeah. your highlight reel, man. Like, cool. We all look good, but show me how you do when you get kicked in the head, right? Mm. That's what I want to see, right? Like, I, I actually tend not to invest in businesses or business owners who haven't went through a cycle. Right, or a season, right? As you, as you describe them, right? If, if they haven't, cause dude, what it's all working is fucking easy. And then same thing, you know, um, cash starving businesses, all of my business, just cause, you know, I've got a couple bucks. Um, I don't put all just, just have the ability. And I really like this idea. And I've got a founder that I'm funding or getting behind or supporting. I'm not going to give them all the money that they need because mm. then they're just, it's easy to make mistakes. Money causes, you know, weakness to a degree from a mental mm. perspective, right? Because I see these business, and look at it, look at what we work. Look at, I mean, you can look at all these things, these SPAC deals that went crazy and they just blew through cash because they got, they're paying consultants to pay consultants, right? I mean, you, you gotta be, you know, when you have this amount of, you know, finite resources and I've got to get a result, you tend to make better decisions, don't you? As about, well, let's just, you know, rapid fire and, and spray confetti everywhere and see what sticks. So I really try to, you know, strive and, and help businesses that I consult with on how do we go through. And, and, and often that's from my investment of either capital or, or, or even the shared services. Cause all the time, every business that needs money, they don't need money to go and put in the bank and say, Hey, I've got money. They need money to go do something with. So what I really kind of do is what, what do you need to go through and figure out like you've got your media company? Well, Hey, I need, you know, more client acquisition. Well, okay, well, let's look at our digital media guys and, 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 and what can we run a funnel to get more clients? That's the need. I need 10,000 clients. I need a thousand clients. Well, okay. What's that going to cost? I don't know, but we can work backwards to the result as opposed to, because they always ask for more money because that's what they think they need to do, right? These, these, these guys that are raising capital. Like, I need 10 million, 20, like why? What's your use of proceeds? Well, and it's always an even number. Well, Three point mil, you know, three million for this, two million for that. Well, work that out for me. And it's just an alloc- it's just allocation. They have no, they haven't really thought through it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that just makes sense, and they back into it that way. As opposed, like, really critically, like, hey, 
I want to acquire customers or I want to, I want to have better process improvements, right? Right now I've got, you know, you know, fulfillment issues and I can't fulfill whatever my good product or service is. Okay, great. Well, maybe we, that's a software solution that we can go through and look at integration and that's the pit. So that's what I try to try to do. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you get involved on a business development sort of uh, consulting aspect of their business. Like you dive into the nuts and bolts of what they're doing and then um, eventually um, give them the best practices or recommendations so that they can maximize whatever you're, you're providing to them. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Correct. Yeah. And then, you know, the other piece too, like, you know, I get asked all the time, like, what do you look for when you're investing? You know, um, I, the idea has to be cool and the, and the purpose of the business has to be cool and something that I, I align with because otherwise it's not, I'm not going to be interested in just making money. I've got to have a passion for it. The real thing that I look at is the founder or the leader, right? Who are they? And if they come in like, you know, and we're having a conversation like, you know, all right, what about this? Nope, got that covered. What about this? And they have all the answers. And that's what they, so many think they have to figure that they have all the answers. They don't have all the, I don't have the fucking all the answers, right? But they come in and, and represent that way. I know they're either lying or just naive and don't know better. Either way, I'm not fucking investing, right? <laughs> I, want, I want someone to come to me and be like, you know, like you come to me, Eric, like, dude, I'm so good at what I do, but I can't balance a fucking checkbook to save my life. I have no idea where the money is. Awesome. That's great. I can help you with that, right? Or I need this. Be vulnerable. And we have, you know, talk about failure. Failure is tied with vulnerability. We're so fucking scared. And I, sorry, mm-hmm. Chris, I, I use the F word like, for both things. <laughs> failure and But like, we're so fucking scared of, you know, this pretense of like, oh my God, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. What are people going to think? They don't fucking yep. care about you, man. They yep. don't care about themselves, right? You got to get out of that. And then once you kind of can be there and be like, dude, I, this keeps me up at night. And it's hard. And it's also hard to do, you know, because you have to be vulnerable and you have to be strong in a different shape, right? So if you're the leader for your organization, I've been in this place. I've been deathly scared and big problems and big, I mean, all kinds of bad stuff that's happened to me. I still have to put on the face where, yeah, this is fine. We've got mm-hmm. it all figured out, right? Because you've got to be that sense of strength for your team or you won't have one. Inside, you're like, fuck out, I die. So then you can go to someone like, hey, dude, what do I go? But if it's a lawyer, maybe it's a, uh, a VC fund that you, you're getting, you know, investing alongside with. And you say, this is our real problem. How do we do this? And if you can just get to that point quicker and show vulnerability, people will like you. People will do business with you um, or they won't. And if they won't, that it's because they, they can't help you. Like just get to the result quicker by letting your guard down and, and being authentic and being transparent. Um, life would be so much better if people could do that. But you know, unfortunately, you know, we've got all these insecurities, all of us do, um, that prevent us and get in our own way sometimes. Yeah. I love that dude. Thanks for pointing that out. I wonder, and I love your opinion. Does it, do the people that show up vulnerable and open, um, aware of their weaknesses. That's the thing is like a lot of people step up and, you know, pound their chest or whatever. That's fine. If you need to do that on social and promote what you do, you want to, you want to, you want to output confidence and, you know, show that you know what you're doing, know what you're talking about. But at the same time, um, a level of self-awareness, like you said, I can't balance a checkbook. Like maybe some people think they're great at something. Like, so you like working with people, finding people. Are those one of the things that uh, criteria where you're like, I love this guy. He's got our gal. They have high level of self-awareness. They know what they suck at. They know their superpowers. 
Like, yeah. what are some of the other characteristics you look for? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, vulnerability and authenticity and like the passion. Like, they have to be doing it for that, that reason, right? They have to be so obsessive. Um, I was at an event with um, it was War Room Marketing Group. I was in- Yeah, Roland. Um, I love Roland. Yeah, now they've, they've disbanded it and they broke the game up. And, it's, and now it's- they, they Oh, really? It with, yeah, it's, um, it's they, now, they've got it. Now it's like, there's this epic and they're doing something with Damon John. So Roland and Ryan- Okay. With um, it's called uh, Driven Mastermind. Damon, great. I mean, they're those guys are just geniuses, right? And then oh, yeah. Perry, Perry bounce off. But anyway, we were at a small event there, and I don't know if it was uh, Dean uh, Graciosi or um, mm. I think it was. But anyway, we were just chatting over a beer or something, and you know, he looked at it, you know, with, and I'm sure this was you know iterated from someone else's kind of talk. So I'm not saying he's the only one that's thought this way, but you need to think about your product or your service. Like you, you do podcasts and help launch it and you do that thing. You need to be so obsessive that like, if I let Jeremy go, I fucking, Jeremy's life's not going to be as good. I've failed him. He's going to hurt and probably live miserable. Like you need to be that obsessive. Not that you're like trying to sell him to make, sell him to make money, but like, dude, I'm so good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help turn water into wine. Mm. You've got to see this. Like, and, and, and you, that's, that's your level of obsession. That like, but it's not just to make money. It's your obsession because this is how I serve you, and this is how I make an impact on you positively. That's that level of passion that you need. Some kid comes in like, yeah, I think we can do this for like I, I flip things. Don't get me wrong, I'm not passionate about those. Those are just transactions, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to build a meaningful business, you have to be obsessive and and do something for a reason. And I'm not saying you have to be Gandhi and you know, Mother Teresa and, and and do yeah, you know, free the manatees. I'm not saying it all has to be that way. That's good too, but just. Feel like you're trying to serve and, and, and add value, right? And if that's what you obsess over, you obsess over the customer journey, the customer experience, you, you'll usually do well. Um, so I think it's that. And then the latter is the weaknesses. You have to be an entrepreneur, a jack of all trades. Some, you have to be able to do it all, right? Um, I'm relatively good with numbers and finance. I like that. Um, and I can really just see trend. So I, I'm good at that. So I actually enjoy it. Some people hate it and they just get headaches. So, um, I, know what I'm good at. I know that I get bored if things are just ticking along and I'll try and break with, break it just to kind of come in and swoop in, right? So I built up a business and then I sell it to someone like grownups that can go and get eight to 10% incremental growth. So knowing what you like to do and what you're good at are, are also valuable because now go do more of that because usually if you like it, you'll be better at it, right? And then that kind of just is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Things you don't like or scared of, let's find someone to help out with that, Right. And then it'll usually be a better uh, better outcome for the business. Yeah, I love that, dude. Um, I, I have a personal question here regarding, you know, how long you've been doing this. So you've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, I was in corporate America for over 20 years. So I know doing the same or similar thing for, for decades can become sort of, you know, boring, predictable, sort of you lose the passion for it. How do you stay motivated and passionate about what you do? Um, you know, I'm five years into my business and I'm like, okay, what's next? (laughs) I'm always looking, I'm shiny object syndrome. You're a serial entrepreneur as well. It's like, we're always looking for the next shiny thing. And I think your business, you know, may answer the question here, but yeah. Yeah. I mean that it's, my business is constant creation, right? I mean, I think that's, that's it. So if I left corporate America, it took me two years, right? I left Fidelity. My parents were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Man? Like, you're making twice as much money as us living in New York, you know, life by the balls and you're going to quit. And uh, yeah, 
but I did it because I felt like I was dying inside. Like I had mm. all these ideas and it's, it was fidelity investments. I mean, big, massive multinational, like that's a big shift. Yeah. Like, you're not moving that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, shut up kid, just do your job and you know, pe- cash your checks. Um, which they were good checks. So I yeah. did it, but, um, I need, so I'm very much like you. Like I need that constant kind of, you know, creation, right? Whether I, we just launched a cool exotic car club, right? That's, you know, it was awesome. I, I played golf yesterday. Like, oh my, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, it's going. I'm zero interest in it now. I mean, it's awesome. It's cool. <laughs> we're doing it, but like, it's like, and it's cool. And I built something for community, but like now let's, let's build its ecosystem, have a community, have people enjoy it and have fun with it. Like that's it. But I was obsessive over the design and all those pieces. I like that. Now I'm on my next real estate project. So, um, I, and then we're looking, you know, my coaching is always fun. I get paid for it. Um, but it's cool because, you know, yeah, the money, like it, I have to value my time, but truthfully, like I have so much fun at it because I like helping people. Right. And I like, there's that piece of, you know, that's what kind of feeds me, right? Like figuring out hard problems, right? Like you, you've got a business and everything's going good. Fucking don't call me. Right. You have a dumpster fire and all those things. Like, I don't know what they're going on. Like call, I'm your man. Right. Cause like, that's where I thrive is like, holy shit, what's going to happen. We can't make payroll. We can't do this. Like, that's, that's where I really, really kind of thriving because I, I get, you know, yeah, maybe boost my ego or whatever, but it just feels, it feels good. Like, Hey, I like, I like being the guy that can, can figure things out. Um, and, and showing people, right. You know, and, and, and oftentimes it's not even like I've got the best ideas. I've either had the experience or I'm looking at it from a lens that they're not able to, right. Because you're mm-hmm. so ingrained in your business that you can't see the trees to the forest sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Dude, do you have an example of like, you know, one of your massive wins that sticks out where you're like, yeah, somebody called me, you know, they were about to just shutter the doors and windows and sunset the biz. And you were like, hey, man, you know, there's this one thing <laughs> you could do. And you're like, is there any stories that you could share where you like help somebody out that was like not going to make it? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a let me try to think of a good a good one because um, there's so many and oftentimes it's. um so simple that you kind of get out of the way. So there was a, a digital media company um, that we're doing some consulting with. And like, that's changed, right? I mean, back in the day of having agencies mm-hmm. where, hey, it's, you know, it's a lot of people now there, especially now with like, you know, Upwork and, you know, outsourcing so many things. AI is a whole other <laughs> new piece, yep. you know, 10,000, you know, $12,000 a month agency clients now have just kind of, you know, or you know, that business has really kind of constricted. Now it's, you know, I'll run Google traffic for you for 2,500 bucks or whatever. So, you know, you've, you've got some of these larger groups that are now serving, um, really, you know, small businesses, not even medium sized, really true small businesses, like the mom and pops, the restaurants, all those pieces of the world. So we took, um, and this is not unique. There's a ton of people doing this, but they already had the creatives, right? They had, you know, graphic design, web design, um, video production. So they already had, these um uh these resources, but they were using them only as like, hey, let's let's get Eric in and let's shoot some content for him and let's post it on social, let's go through and do all those pieces. But their clientele um was brick and mortar businesses, right? So they wanted digital presence, right, to kind of drive drive traffic, but that's it. But they just started not having the budget, right? Mm-hmm. So um they're like, I just don't know. We're losing clients, we're losing clients. I've got payroll, payroll's not being met. What do I do? So we just took um, this is a few years ago. Now it's even more popular, but you, they were looking at in this line, they were cutting these, these restaurants were cutting their budget, um, from what they didn't think was valuable. 
Okay, uh-huh. fair. So how do we go through and you, you can argue with them and fight them and say, you know, listen, you know, it is valuable, right? But if, if, you've, if they've already made that mindset, like, okay, that's, that's hard to kind of overcome. Um, or you're like, okay, well, what is it worth, right? So then you slice your prices, which what, that's what they started doing is starting to cut prices with adding the same value, which you can't do with resources. So like now you're sa- you're cutting yourself to death, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you're just cutting revenue that you have. It's a race to um, the bottom at that point too, right? It's a race to the bottom, exactly. Yeah. So we just said, well, how about we do this? How about we go, you know, pull 10 of our clients and say, hey, listen, we're saying you're changing. As, a, as an exit thing, we want to just do, you know, let's just figure out that we're going to transaction. So like we actually took control as opposed to getting, uh, having them get fired or, you know, just terminate, like, hey, listen, we see that we're, you know, you don't see the value here. We are actually expanding and doing other, other services, um, right now. And I'd love to kind of just talk to you as, as to help out some of our other clients, right? That's, which was all bullshit. But I said, let's, let's talk to me about your business town. What do you spend money on? What, what, like, what were restaurants spending money on that you can think of, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, sp- they're spending it on, um, newspapers, magazines. Um, <laughs> they're sending on direct phone mail. books, yeah. direct mail. Um, billboards, like mm-hmm. fucking all kinds of, and like lawyers were doing that. Lawyers spend money everywhere. So, um, that's what they were spending. So like, all right, well, what, what kind of, um, ad budgets are you putting there? What were you spending? And, um, majority of them were spending far more, um, for those type of products mm-hmm. than, um, those types of products as opposed to, you know, this, you know, the social services that the company is offering. Mm-hmm. So we took a hybrid of that and started, um, doing these local digital networks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the, the TVs that you see inside of a, of a Mexican restaurant yeah. that's showing like local ads for, you know, Jeremy Delk Realtor or what, you know, whatever the, lo- the local pieces are and started charging for video production of these pieces and ad times, which was like, I think they were charging 400 bucks for 30 seconds, but they were getting on 20 locations. So they actually 4X the revenue that they were, that they were able to charge their client base. Mm. And the client got this perceived win, um, and shifted dollar, shifted dollars wow. over that they already, they were, they were already spending, right? So they couldn't see that because they're, you're trying to, you know, fit Holy them into shit. one mousetrap, but it's just a different package. Yeah. Cause they're still doing. Right, links to a website. So you still have to do production of, of, of visual assets, graphic design. So you're already yeah. doing that, but just finding out where they want to spend money. And yeah, you can't start a billboard company, right? A, a physical, but that's a whole that that, that wasn't in their wheelhouse. Mm. They could fucking hang some TVs, right? So that was just a, a really quick component of like when you understand, like you know, your clients, um, your clients are your best form of information and and your best litmus test. They're paying you money. And people just take that for such, such granted. I've got a buddy that's in the, um, he's in the, uh, mortgage business and he did something really fucking crazy, right? No split test, no funnels, whatever. He fucking called like a hundred people, right? That didn't take his service. He does like a lot of mortgages for veterans, home loans and those type of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's up in, um, uh, Northern California. He did like seven million bucks in, in loan origination in two weeks from people he just called and said, "Hey, you didn't uh, go with us. Just want to know why." Hmm. <laughs> well, fuck, like that was it. Not like a Clavio, you know, multi-click. Like so, it's just keeping it simple sometimes and kind of going through and getting that feedback is huge, right? And then your customers want to tell you they're the most valuable people. So especially digital marketing, which I know probably a lot of your audience is, we obsess over you know, 
landers and split tests and you know all these components to get them in. But once you get a customer in, majority of businesses just take them for granted. Oh yeah, let's just put them on a you know on a you know um, content calendar and you know just engage with them and just check in. But no one is really exploring and really d- diving deep into um, upsells. And really talk, not upsells as a funnel or as an, just email uh, upsells and text upsells, but upsells and like, hey, what's going on? You're already using this. That's your product development. That's your pipeline, right? That's the other piece that I really try and really strive on is, you know, there's two ways to grow um, your business. You know, one, you know, acquire more customers. So go a wider approach or go deeper uh, and, the, and get more wallet share of your existing customers. And, you know, premiums, right? So many people don't look at the premiums, but you have people right now um, in your ecosystem that you're charging 500 bucks a month to that would happily spend $5,000 a month for a done-for-you program. Mm. Right? Like they, they would happily happily do that. How do you add value? Have a conversation. Talk to 20 clients. Hey, what do you like? What do you not like? What would you like to have? What would make your life easier? Just as you're going through, that's the product concern. Like you're, they're basically writing the sales letter for you. <laughs> um, and then yeah. you're fucking like, cool repackage out like, Hey, here's this offer. Yeah. Sick dude. You just dropped so much information there. I want to unpack a little bit of it. (laughs) Um, I mean, and it's funny because when I teed up the, the, the initial question on, um, Hey, what's basically a case study, something, um, Dude, nailed it. It's like a, if I had a card here, it'd be like, you know, yeah. 10 because, <laughs> because it really hit home for me. Cause it's like, um, especially that era, I'm guessing it was probably around 2000, anywhere between 2014 and 17, where, um, restaurants, brick and mortar, um, that's how I got my start locally, doing everything locally. Um, these folks didn't understand how to market on social media and, and the way it, it people understand it a little bit more now, but, to educate it's all about edutainment right and like information right. is free and now we got to entertain them now and, and provide right. value and give it for free um there's there's a certain you can only get them so far until you come and meet them in the middle like you did which was brilliant and then you're like hey they can only do direct mail newspaper things that they're very familiar with uh but how about we merge it Let's just jam on some TV ads. <laughs> it's freaking right. brilliant for you yeah. that are in local businesses. Right. Give them what they want. Right. Give, give them what they, because the, the, the good thing is the, the people that um, they were serving like them. So it wasn't even like, if you suck at your job, you fucking suck at your job, right? Like, yeah. if, like that's hard to help. Like if you're just not good, I can't help you either. I can't coach you to be better. Like, but if you are generally good and you have a good client base and customers like you, mm-hmm. that, that, that's where Reputation. they were. Like, yeah. they, they're just like, I just don't see the value in it. And you can fight them like, well, you should. Like, well, okay, that's fucking telling a five-year-old to do something. Like, that's not going to be productive, right? Okay, yeah. understand. Where do they see value? And then just go go in that lane. And they're like, well, well hell, if you can do that, because they, they actually like the work product. It was a budget thing, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like they were. And that's also too the other piece is like, if their business is going the wrong way and they just don't have a budget, you can't help them either. And then right. just get over that and, and get on and move on, right? right? That's the other piece too. Some people are like, all right, well, I'll charge this. Like, dude, just sometimes you gotta. You, you got to fire the customer sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's great. This is a good segue to the other piece that you said that I wanted to unpack a little bit where you said there's there's a couple ways that you can grow your company. One is acquire more company, uh, clients, more, more customers, right? Get, get more sales, basically. Um, 
easier said than done, right? There's a certain methodology to that, especially if you reach a certain threshold and you've kind of saturated a certain market. Um, but then go deep and give and provide premiums to your existing clients, people who are already paying you, people who may have left recently. Um, maybe you can go back and reach out. I love the premium idea, but what about the, um, the freemium idea? Like, and also giving them products that fit within a lower budget. Is that worth the effort or is that something that you can uh, you know, pull the trigger on later at the right timing because it's a lot of energy and effort but once it's built it could make money right uh i yeah i'm not a premium a freemium guy um yeah i think that's great for lead gen uh it's great for data right like if you don't have a product yet and you want to kind of case study it out and kind of you know refine it before you start charging that's good um but and look freemium works in a lot of industries just not something that i i kind of deal with um you know, like even, you know, like my consulting, like there's, there's a lot of coaches you can get that are a lot cheaper than me. Like go get those if that's what you want. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I charge kind of for the, from way more than the value that I think I can, I, I want to be able to deliver way more value than you pay. So, um, I think freemiums, um, are good, but like that's who customer, like what customer do you want? Like that's when you have that avatar, who, who do you want to attract? Right. And who do you want to be in business with? If, you know, freemiums, I see a lot of that stuff. It's like, it's a big churn game. And then you're constantly trying to you know, re re-give that value. Like, well, I've got this for free. Oh, I can get these extra features and benefits. Like if it's a SaaS play. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of freemiums personally. Yeah, I, I, I've experienced it to a certain level. Um, I think it's, it speaks to a certain audience, basically mm -hmm. the audience that doesn't have any money. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. <laughs> But eventually it does, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but let's call it 1% of, you know, one out of 100 people will actually go through the journey and then buy your premiums or be able to. But I don't know if it's worth it. It sounds to me uh, you don't think it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to explore that with you. Yeah, I mean, and, and depending on the lifestyle, life, yeah. life cycle of the business, right? If you are thinking about um, launching a new product or service, then, you know, maybe you're, maybe use it as a case of like, Hey, all your clients, like, Hey, listen, this service is a thousand dollars a month. I'll give you access to it for, so, cause it also discounts the value that it is. Mm -hmm. If it's free, it's fucking worthless. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's what people don't think. So discounting, that's different, right? If you're going to say it's, this is the, that you have to, you know, assess the value of what you're going to pay for it. If you, if I say, Hey, you can have it and I won't charge you for a little bit, that's fine. But it can't be free and then you get something else. It's got to be, you know, yeah, I'll give you a trial. I can go yes. like that. And then that's different. Yeah. Right. Right. Free memes to me, I think of like, you know, you get limited access and you, you get, you know, some access to it. And then, you know, it's like Spotify, right? But if you, but if you pay for it, you don't get commercial. Like yes. that's a different, different piece, right? Yeah. 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 I, I agreed. And I don't even know how we label that. Um, maybe, you, you know, the correct terminology, but it's like, yeah, it's freed up to a certain extent. Let's give you a taste. Right. And then, and yeah. then, you know, after yeah. 90 days, um, right. it makes sense to join, right. For whatever price. Sure. Um, can you talk a bit about what you've built in terms of your brand, uh, your personal brand, um, how you've tackled that, how you became, when did you become aware, like, this is really important to, 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 to build the digital breadcrumbs that lead to me, build my online reputation, um, all those things. When did you start to be more intentional if, you know, like there was a moment in time where you, you were aware of it and started doing it and investing in it? Not long. I mean, you, you can probably go to my Instagram and I'll tell you exactly when, right? but like, like a year and a half to oh, be wow. honest with you. Okay. Yeah. So not, not long at all. 
Um, and I'm everywhere. I mean, I think we're, we're in a lot of places. I speak on stage. I do a lot of stuff now, but um, I never, you know, and, and also I've changed. I didn't need to because my, my deal flow, pri- you know, previously was, you know, a lot of, we'd see this business, we'd bolt on and kind of go through. So we had a lot of, um, we had, uh, as you know, we talked, we have, have a digital media company as well. And we launched a lot of products. And so, so we, I had the team that did that stuff, but I didn't need, I wasn't ever the face. We made physicians a face or we made, you know, other KOLs of the face of a brand or a product. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, uh, we did. Um, what was the catalyst for me was the book. I think me putting this book out there, um, was, you know, something I wanted to do for, for myself really. And, and, and my kids and, you know, that it was very much therapeutic. Um, if you've not written a book, I don't wish it on anybody. It's a painstaking <laughs> process, but, um, so then like, okay, I, I wrote this. And then if I want anyone besides my wife, and my mom to read it, like you need to go and tell the story. So that was really the piece of like, Hey, let's, let's go out and do it. Mm. And it's been awesome. Like I've had so much fun in doing these podcasts and doing, you know, speaking events and stuff because it has allowed me to lay, put on another layer to the book. And I'm just surprised. I mean, I'm traveling airports wherever I hear people, Oh, I read your book. I loved your book. And, you know, mm. um, not always about the, cause there's a lot of personal stuff in there too. So that's like the gems that I really like. And then if I can go through and help, I feel like there's, you get to a certain point in your career where, um, I think it's a bit of obligation, right. To kind of share some of the lessons and the stories and the, and you know, the pains that you go through. Um, so, entrepreneurs can kind of keep going, right? You, you mentioned, you know, the small business number, but, you know, small business and entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the hardest fucking job in the world. Um, and not everyone's met for it either. I love Damon John. I love those guys in the Shark Tank, but not everyone's meant to be a fucking entrepreneur either, right? And that's okay, right? That's yeah. okay. But, you know, for the ones that are, you know, sick enough to go through and do this, um, hopefully... You know, I can share some of the punches in the face that I've gotten mm-hmm. to say like, Hey, I'm still here, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. And it, and it's okay to not fucking know. Like that's the, the thesis of the book was, you know, isn't like a theory of like, here's 17 steps of bullshit. It's like, I gave <laughs> detailed stories of like me getting into starting companies in different industries that I had no real understanding of, but this idea. And it was with that, that's allowed me to kind of go forward in that with, without a plan. Right. Mm-hmm. So not having everything figured out is my superpower. And I think it's everyone's superpower. Like that's a better way to do it than trying to figure out and plan and have this paralysis by analysis, because who has a plan for it? Who, who show me fucking, I, I love doing like live shows, right? Like, can we get a caller that tells me who had a plan for a global fucking pandemic in 2020? <laughs> no one fucking had that in their model. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly. Right? So, so why it's pain take over it so much as opposed to like, let's, this is where I want to go. And this, Get, get started in direction on the horizon. Yeah, man. My, my favorite quote is, and I'm guessing it's yours as well, is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, you know, exactly. You know, the the great world philosopher, Mike Tyson. Um, Tyson, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's become a sage, actually. He's a really yeah. brilliant guy dropping some he crazy uh, bombs and content. But, uh, uh, dude, I, I feel like we already covered embracing the F word, um, unless you have another moment, another uh, instance where you learned uh, through failure that you could share. Um, but, yeah, dude, I want to I want to dive in and then, you know, land this bird, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, just changing that perspective of, of failure, I, I just really would, would push people to try and try and do that. Right. Is like, go back and remember it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not someone that believes in, you know, dwelling on the past, but 
we all have a, our own journey and it's all different, right? So you need to appreciate your journey and understand that that's what you're, that's where you are in your stage and, and where you came from. And that's okay. But use, think about the failures, even though they're painful sometimes, think about the failures and be like, all right, wow, that, what well, I did get through. And this happened maybe for me, not to me, right? This, that, that perspective is, uh, yeah, is, is, is worthy. I love that, dude. Um, so you're a family guy. Um, and, how important is it to have a partner in your life that's going to embrace the crazy <laughs> that we are and entrepreneurs are, right? And have a high tolerance and threshold for risk, basically. Yeah. Well, it's funny, man. Like, so I, uh, and I talk about all this in the book, right? I, it, I, I, you know, that was the hardest part for me was like, I just bear everything uh, and was completely vulnerable. So um, I had a failed marriage, right? Really, you know, so didn't work. And I think it was my fault and wrong, got married for the wrong reasons, young and what, what have you. But I got blessed with two beautiful kids and hopefully got more, more on the way. And my wife, uh, Maggie now is I think the best and worst things ever happened to me. I joke like, you know, she makes my life harder, but, um, I love that, right? It's like she challenged, she, she holds me to, um, such a, a, you know, she just calls me my bullshit, which I was never been called on before. Right. It's fucking great. Right. I mean, as much as like, fuck, God damn it. She's fucking right. But like, um, so I, I, I really, I need that too. I need that from that granny perspective. And like, she's not impressed with me at all. Like you can give me this, <laughs> like you're fucking idiot. Like you're just, like, she's not impressed, but I, I need those pieces. Right. You know, and that, that level of humility and kind of going through and just having a love for somebody else and hearing their perspective and respecting their perspective because you want to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the piece and a partner that's, uh, that's good because you can, like you, you can get, especially entrepreneurs, right? You get like, Oh, I did this. Like, yeah, cool. Fucking feed the dogs. Right. Or like, you know, like, mm-hmm. what, like that, that's a, a really good piece of, you know, um, and maybe it's cause I'm getting, you know, I get a little bit older and you, you you're in a different chapter in your life, but yeah, family is everything. And that's why I do. And I think that's why you should do it too, right? If you're an entrepreneur, it's, yeah, you're, you're maybe working and trying to build something and make a, a lick, but you know, money doesn't buy happiness. You have to be happy first with yourself, right? And that's where it starts. Yeah, the resources, uh, you know, help with comfortability, help with experiences, but you gotta have that 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 love for yourself, love for your family and, and naturally what you should be doing it for. Yeah, I love that dude. It's so true. It, it, it sounds a bit cliche at times, but it's so true. I mean, that's the shit that gets me up every morning is I got to feed my family. <laughs> I got the that's food right. on the table. And then, and then it's the staff, right? Then secondary, it's like, you know, God, I got other families that are really relying on, on what we do. Um, okay, brother. Well, so much to share. So much here, man, that you, you, you brought a ton, man. Uh, I mean, like Grand Slam home run, brother. I appreciate your time here and everything that you shared. Um, in one word... How do you help people? Action. Yeah, I think ac- action's it. I mean, you, everyone's got a good idea. Everyone's got something, but they haven't done anything with it, right? And I think that's what I I do is just push. Mm. Okay, let's see. I let's love go, it. Let's, let's just go forward. Take action. Some level. Like, I need to go all in and, you know, risk money. And do, like, that's how I'm wired because I need to feel it. But if you're not that way, okay. You know, you know, do a test campaign on Facebook with your friends. Like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Like, build, buy a domain, build a website. Just take take a step towards your dream. Ask the fucking girl out. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. take a step. Yeah, and just take action. Yeah, because if it's uncomfortable, if it's scary, it's it's 
most likely the right thing to do. <laughs> it's growth, exactly. right? It's growth. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, dude. Action. Uh, what's the best way people can reach out to you? And I'm sure they will, man. This this was a great episode. Yeah, I'm Jeremy S. Delk on all socials, jeremydelk.com uh, website. And yeah, reach out. Love to, uh, love to hear from you. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for your time, man. It was great chatting with you. Cheers, man. Thank you. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.